Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Okay. This text basically is talking about understanding, reading, understanding, and applying the scriptures from the Old Testament and the New. And so Jesus is saying that every scribe, and a scribe is a person who, who wrote it all down and studied it and taught it. So he said, every scribe that is instructed to the kingdom of heaven is like a man that brings forth out of his treasure things new and old. Basically, we know that the Bible is a, is a complex book. It's not always easy to understand. As we read it, we seem to have a grasp of it as we can, and then at times that sort of slips through our fingers. It's, a, it's an understood book by people who read it with an open heart, who want to understand what it has to say, but more importantly, it's understood in light of what Jesus Christ taught when he came to this earth. If you've ever bought anything recently that had to be assembled, then you know that it's, it's probably better not to go ahead and try it before you read the instruction book. If Once you read the instruction book, then it, then it probably is still a little bit difficult to understand. I, I know this, that... Uh, one time I, I bought something for the kids, I think it was. And as I was trying to assemble it, I thought, well, this is simple. I can see what I need to do. And so I put it all together, and, and the last piece wouldn't fit. So I went back and read the instructions, and the instructions told me when to put that piece in. So I had to take it all apart and start all over again and put it together right. Now... We, ha we have to really to understand the Bible and understand what God is talking to us about. And that's our main purpose is in life is to understand what God is saying to me, what he wants me to do. And so in order to understand that, I, I have to understand some things about God's word and about his son that, that will help me along my journey. Now, Philip was a preacher of the gospel of Christ. He was one of the first evangelists, and he was on his way down to the city of Samaria to preach Jesus Christ, to tell people about Jesus. And there was a eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch, was sitting in his chariot, and he was, had one of these big scrolls open, and he was reading from Isaiah chapter 53. And the Holy Spirit told Philip to join himself to that chariot and uh, talk to this man, which he did. And when, when Philip got there, he, uh, he said, do you understand what you read? And, and the eunuch said, how can I except some man should guide me? And so Philip then opened the scriptures and at that point began to preach unto him Jesus. Now that's, that's the key, basically. And the key is to the Old Testament scriptures that unless we have the Lord Jesus Christ involved in the understanding... We're going to miss the point. But as we read the Old Testament, the majority of the Old Testament is, is intelligible and understandable without having to overlay it 
with Jesus Christ. But some of it we can't understand without him. Now, Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but the things which are revealed belong unto us and our children, that we may keep all the words of this law. So the text there says that there were some secret things in the Old Testament which actually makes it difficult for a person to understand. If God has hidden some information in the Old Testament, then that, that's difficult for a person to understand unless they have the key that opens that mystery. Well, now Jesus talked about this. He, he said in Luke chapter 10, verse 21, it said, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hid these things from the wise and prudent. So that tells us that Jesus himself said that the Father had hidden some things in the scriptures that the wise and the prudent could not understand. He said, and you've revealed them unto babes, to those that are less intellectual. You've hidden these, you've, you've revealed these unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. Now, he, he mentioned some things. Jesus also said in Matthew ten twenty six that there were some things that God had deliberately covered. And there's a reason for this. God had something in mind for us. He, as we look back on it, and sometimes people will say, well, why am I here? And the answer to that is because God wants you here. Okay? You're here because God wants you here. Well, well where am I going? Well, God will tell you where you need to go. And he's written it out, of course, in the Scriptures. We have a book that's unlike any other book in the world. The Scriptures tell us what God has in mind, what he had in mind, and how he developed it for us, and what he wants us to do. So in that whole arena of understanding, God decided this is the way I'm going to reveal my will to mankind so that everything will work out the way it want, I want it to. And basically, what he's saying is, I want you with me in heaven, and I'm going to get you there, and this is the only way I can do it. So we shouldn't question that. What we're questioning is, what, what did you hide, Lord? What did you hide? In Matthew ten twenty six, he said, fear, fear them not, therefore. He's talking about people that are threatening those who believe in him. He said, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. Now, get the implication. He said, there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed. What he's saying is, some things have been covered. They've been hidden. Okay. He said, but I'm going to reveal them. So when we go back into the Old Testament, the scriptures, we begin reading them, and we say, I don't understand this. But God covered some things up. You're not going to understand them unless he has revealed them to you so that you can see them. Now, he's not going to reveal them to you specifically, individually, but he's going to open your understanding if you want it open. In order to bring about salvation and give hope to humanity, God buried the information in the Old Testament. He buried it. He didn't want you to see it until the time came that he was going to reveal it. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 10 through 15, said, the disciples came and said unto him, why do you speak to them in parables? You remember in Matthew 13, he's setting forth all the parables. The sower that went forth to sow, he sowed seed. Some fell among the wayside and some on hard ground and some 
among the weeds and some fell on good ground. Anyway, he's setting forth the parables and, and uh, the disciples are saying, why are you talking in these terms? Why are you saying it this way? He answered and said unto them, because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So some people were not going to be able to understand it. And there was a reason for that. He said, for whosoever has, to him shall be given. He shall be given more abundance. So get this. As you begin to understand God's word, guess what? You'll understand more, and then more, and then more, and then more. If you don't understand it, you'll understand less and less and less and less. Okay? Either way, if you open your heart and you start to understand what God is talking about, you'll get more. And every time you read it, you'll you'll get more information. He said, Whosoever hath not from him shall be taken even that he has. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing hear not. So he's saying... There are some people, when they come to the Scriptures, they're not going to see it anyway. They're not going to hear it. Okay. Neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, Hearing you'll hear and shall not understand. Seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. This people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Now, there was a reason for that. If God had opened everything up, and Paul is going to tell us why, if he had opened everything up and had not hidden some things, your salvation would have not been exposed. You would have never had it. Here's what he says, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. He said, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world nor the princes of this world that come to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained. God hid that wisdom. Before the world began unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they had known what God had in mind, they would have thwarted His program. They would not have crucified Jesus. If they had been told earlier, in open terms, this man Jesus is going to come from Nazareth. He's going to come and you're going to kill him. He didn't say it in those many terms, but you can find that in the Old Testament. You can find that. You can find it in Isaiah 53. You can find it in the book of Psalms, chapter 2. You can find it all through the Old Testament, but you have to know what you're looking for. Had they known that, they would not have crucified him, and I would not have been saved. Neither would you. Even from this text, the things that God has hidden in the Scriptures were referred to as mysteries. These were mysteries. Ephesians 1.9 says, Having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure. It was a mystery. Romans 16.25, To him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. God covered it. God swept away all those mysteries when He sent His Son to this earth. And when Jesus was thoroughly identified about the multitude of passages that are in the Old Testament that identify Him, 
then that mystery was swept away. Search the scriptures, he said in John 5, 39, they are they which testify of me. In them you think you have eternal life. He said, you, you think you have eternal life, but search the scriptures. They're talking about me. So the scriptures were incomplete. It was like a mystery book. Okay, the Old Testament scriptures, down through the last prophet, or the last minor prophet that wrote, when that was all done, it was a mystery book. But without Jesus, it would be like tearing the last chapter out of a mystery novel. You're reading a mystery novel, and all of a sudden it comes to a very climax. You're coming to the point where you have to see exactly who, who did it, and where they did it, and how it all worked out, and somebody tore the last chapter out of the book. That's what the Old Testament would be like without Jesus Christ. You tear the last chapter out of the book. You don't know what it's all about. But now then we know because he's the one that was encased in that mystery. 1 Timothy 3.16, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Jesus Christ is referred to as the mystery, and he's the fullness of that mystery. He's all that mystery was about. Don't go back to the Old Testament thinking you're going to find some new mystery, some new, some new truth that you're going to dig out and find something that's going on today in, the, in our society. You're not going to find that from the Old Testament. What you're going to find in the Old Testament, the completeness of that mystery was Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary and his resurrection. That's what you're going to find in that mystery. He reveals it. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar when he was on the cross, do you know what he said? It's finished. He wrote the last chapter. Jesus did. And so when we read that chapter, we understand his, his under, we get his understanding. Now then, what I'm talking about is that when Jesus was talking to the disciples, he asked them, do you understand? And I, I ask you that question. Do you understand everything about Jesus? Do you understand the Scriptures? Because the Scriptures is exactly what's going to define your life and tell you what God has in mind for you. What He had in mind for you from the beginning, from before the beginning. Because that's ensconced in the Scriptures. Now, Jeremiah 31, 31-34 says this, and it's quoted in the New Testament two different times. One in Corinthians and one in Hebrews. But here he says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, the house of Judah, not according to that covenant that I have made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke. Although I was a husband unto them, says the Lord, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I'll put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God. They shall be my people. Now, I, Jeremiah said that. And he's one of the Old Testament prophets. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me. Therefore, he's saying, you don't have to be taught like you brought up from a child. You've got to know the Lord, got to know the Lord, because now you can understand him. You can know him. They shall all know me. From the least of them and the greatest, saith the Lord, I'll forgive their iniquities and I'll remember their sins no more. 
So all of that took place in Jesus Christ. And the key for this phrase is, they shall all know me. They shall all know me and all shall understand me. Now Paul wrapped it all up in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 1 through 8, he said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. Okay. This is how Mark starts his, his uh, biography of Jesus. He, said, he, he starts it by talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how he begins his letter. The gospel is the good news of Jesus. The good news is the good news that came about because the Old Testament scriptures were pointing toward it and saying, something good is coming for you. Something good is coming for humanity. I've got it hidden, but I'm going to show you what it is. And to show you what it is, it's ensconced, it's contained in the gospel. Small book. Small portion of the book. Paul said this. He said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. So he's going to reveal that which he's been telling them about. He said, I, I, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you received, where you stand and by which you are saved. This is going to take care of you. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain, I delivered unto you first of all that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He's talking about the Old Testament. That's the only Scriptures they had. He died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That He was buried and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. So what Paul is saying is, here's the story. Here's the information you need. Here's the gospel and here's the message that the gospel presents to you. And that He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, and after that He was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greatest part remain unto this present. The Bible itself indicates that there are no mysteries left within it. Now you're going to say, well, what, preacher, what about the book of Revelation? Now I didn't say, nor does the Bible say, that everything's easy to understand. That's not, that's not what I'm preaching. And that's not what the text talks about. The Bible says you can understand it. Not that it's simple. Not that it's easy, not that it's not complex. You can understand it, but you cannot understand it apart from Jesus Christ. Read the book of Revelation, the very first verse. The revelation of Jesus Christ. If you take Jesus out of it, you won't make heads or tails out of anything. You have to keep Jesus as the focal point all through that book all through the New Testament, and you have to go back to the Old Testament and look for him there because you'll find him in the Old Testament. John 14, verse 15 through 17 tells us that in order to understand the Scriptures now, remember, he said to start with, you'll be, you'll be like a scribe that takes things out of his treasure, both old and new. So you take the Old Testament Scriptures and take the New Testament Scriptures, and you've got treasure that you can enjoy. Okay, that's what, he, that's what he's talking about here. Now, in order to really understand the Scriptures, and that's what we're talking about, do you understand the Scriptures? Have you got the instructions down? Did you get the manual out? Do you know what God wants you to do? It's in the book. Okay. In order to understand the Scriptures, Jesus knew that we were going to have trouble doing that. And so he told the apostles, basically, He's telling them in John 14, verse 15 through 17, he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. 
Now, you, it's going to be awfully hard to understand the Scriptures if you don't want to do what, by, what the Bible says to do. If you say, no, I don't want to do that, but I'll do something else. I, I want to set this part apart. I don't want to do that. It's going to be awful tough to understand anything if you start in that way. If you say, I, I'm not really interested in doing what he had to say, but I'd like to know what he said. You're not going to get it. He said, I will pray the Father. He will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him. He dwells with you and he shall be in you. The Holy Spirit will help your comprehension of the Scriptures. Now, in John 16, verse 13 through 15, he says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. Friend, it's, it's a wonderful thing when you open your heart to God's Word, to the Gospel of Jesus Christ, and you begin reading. Obviously, anyone who's ever read the New, read the New Testament feels this way. He's speaking to me. He's talking to me. That's exactly how you feel. As you read it, you can't feel any other way. Because he is talking to you. And if your heart is open, eyes are open, ears are open, the Holy Spirit will help you because the Holy Spirit brings the power through the Word. The Holy Spirit will help you comprehend and understand. Certainly will. Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Comforter. He's going to stand beside you and help you do that. He said, He'll glorify me. He shall receive of mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Now, we want to be cautious here and say, okay, we know that we can understand the Scriptures. Again, I have to emphasize the fact that it's not uncomplicated. We're not saying that the Bible says that you can understand everything the Bible says with a quick cursory reading. Just read it through real quick. You got it. You can't do that. Now you can read a novel and get it. You, sometimes you can read a college textbook or high school textbook or a primer and get it. But you cannot get it with the Bible with one quick reading. You can't do that. You need to stay in it. You need to stay with it. You need to read it. Maybe, maybe even have a Bible reading program. In other words, so many, so many chapters that you want to read every day of Old Testament or New Testament, just read it. Let it flow into your heart. Let it come into your heart. Let it absorb it. Absorb it. Get it. Okay. Second Corinthians 4 verse 2 says, there's a problem if we don't keep with it. He said, Paul said, we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. If our gospel be hidden, he said, this is the problem, it's hidden to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. You can understand the scriptures. You certainly can understand the scriptures. But we do know that there's a lot of chaos and a lot of division and a lot of problems that have come up 
in the religious world, in the religious community, among what we call Christendom. People are undecided. They're, they're in a, a confrontation with one another. They, they're just not, not sure whether they want to be with you or you with them. They're, they're just, just not sure they want to believe what you believe or you believe what they believe. And so there's division. And so we have, what, three or four hundred different churches where people won't even talk to each other? Well, we, really, really, you can understand the scriptures. But there, there can be confusion when, when the devil gets his paws involved in this thing. He gets, he gets involved in it. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11.3 says, uh, Paul said, I fear lest by any means the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, think about that. The simplicity that's in Christ. It is simple to understand what God wants you to do. It is. But you have to open the Bible and read it in light of Jesus Christ and understand the scriptures. Now, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 4, Paul said, when you read, you can understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So we can understand it. Ephesians 5.17 says, Be not unwise, but understanding the will of the Lord. So we're told to understand it. The real problem arises when men assume that they know better than the scriptures themselves. So now then you have people saying, Here, I know you're having a hard time understanding the Bible. I'm going to explain it to you. And so they write up a creed. You know what the word creed means? The word creed means I believe. Now this happened Early on in the church, in the third century, they, there was a conference that got them together, a synod, and they said, okay, we're going to develop a creed, and they called it the Apostles' Creed. So everybody that believes the Apostles' Creed can all be together. So that was the, the beginning of creed. Now, that, that didn't stop. Of course, there are others that have developed the same thing. So we have, we have creeds, and we have church manifestos, and we have catechisms, and we have... Uh, disciplines and we have manuals to explain the scriptures the scriptures explain themselves you open your heart to the word of god and you can find the answer so if anybody says i'm going to tell you what the scriptures mean then they need they have to do it by the scriptures scriptures have to explain the scriptures okay that's a very simple process peter said in uh, 2 Peter 3, 15-17, he said, An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of those things in which are some things hard to be understood. Okay. We're not saying you cannot understand the Scriptures. We're simply saying here, Peter said it, and I'm quoting it, some of them are hard to understand. That means you have to roll up your sleeves, get some elbow grease going, and study. Read it. Read it and read it and read it and read it. Go back over it and find it. And some, Somebody said, well, I'll tell you where another passage says this. Go look at it. Check it out. This is, this is the point. How hard is it to understand the Scriptures? How hard is it for you to understand grace? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How hard is that to understand? Is that difficult? It's easy, isn't it? We shouldn't be separated on that. Nobody should 
say, well, I, I, can't, I can't accept that. If you believe the New Testament, you believe in grace. How hard is it to accept the fact that we have to believe that Jesus is the Christ? That's, he's the mystery, but that's not difficult, is it? I can understand that, that I have to believe in him as the Son of God, as the Son of God. Now, somebody comes along and says, well, maybe he was one of the sons of God. You see? Well, now you have people adding some things, but the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says he is the Son of God. Okay. That's not difficult. You know, when you go back to the Old Testament, there are a lot of things in the Old Testament that weren't hard either. Some of the things that were taught were said forth that were very easy to comprehend. The Ten Commandments were easy, weren't they? No other gods before me shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall not commit adultery. You shall honor your father and your mother. You shall not kill. You, you shall not uh, covet another man's wife, your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's property. All these things in the Old Testament are kind of easy. Who would have trouble understanding that? I can understand that. I can understand that I can't lie. That's what the Bible says. Okay. What's the problem with repenting? Is it hard to understand that you have to repent? That you have to say, well, my life hasn't been what it should have been. That God wants me something better for me. Is that tough? That hard to understand? Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. That's not tough. So when we're starting to look at the New Testament, we're saying, well, what's hard? Why is it hard for me to understand that I have to start all over again? That's what... Nicodemus came to Jesus at night time and he said, Good Master, we know that you, you, are, you came from God. You've, you've done many things, taught many things that no man could teach except they came from God. And Jesus said, You must be born again. He told Nicodemus that and it set Nicodemus back on his heels. What? <laughs> you must be born again. It sets a lot of people back on their heels. You've got to start all over again. You've got it wrong. Hey, someone says, I'm 65 years old. I'm just starting to draw my Social Security and I'm on Medicare and you're telling me I've got to start over? Well, yes, you do. That's what the Bible says. You've got to start all over again. You've got to become as a child, as a babe, and start all over again because you, my friend, have had it wrong. Now you need to get it right. How hard is, is it to understand that he talks about confessing the name of Jesus? That we're going to have to tell people that we believe that Jesus is the Christ. Is that tough? He's the one that's going to save us. He said, I, I came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, to save, ransom people from their sins. That's not hard to understand, is it? Shouldn't be. Should it be hard to understand that a person, if they're going to be born again, have to be baptized into Christ? Be buried with him in baptism? You know, this is a big issue. People say, well, what is baptism? Read the scriptures. There's nothing complicated about baptism. John the Baptist was baptizing in River Jordan. Jesus came baptizing. And then on the day of Pentecost, Peter said, except repent and be baptized, you shall all likewise first. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul was told to, uh, to rise and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Well, What's, what's hard to understand about baptism being a burial? You know, Philip talking to the eunuch in the desert, he said, the eunuch said, uh, what, 
He said, what, what hinders me? And Philip said, if you believe, you may. He said, Philip said, can I be baptized? If you believe, you may. Anyway, they went down both into the water and Philip baptized him. Baptism is a burial. Where did anybody come up with the idea that baptism was a sprinkling or, or pouring? The Bible is so simple about things like this. We sometimes need help to misunderstand these. And I want to read something else for you. It is not unreasonable and not, un, under, not unintelligible for us to understand what sin is. Now, when, when the Old Testament said, Thou shalt not murder, did anybody say, Gee, what's murder? <laughs> you shall not commit adultery. Oh, what's adultery? Shall not lie. Well, what's a lie? Can I tell a little white one? People understood. That's not hard to understand when he talks about sin. Now, let me read a text in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. We're talking about understanding the scriptures. If you then be risen with Christ, he's talking about people who've been baptized and are born again into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. He said, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. For you're dead, your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, you will appear with Him in glory. Mortify, therefore. He said, quit this. Don't do this anymore. Put it to death. Get it out of your life. Your members which are upon the earth. Fornication. Don't commit fornication. Uncleanness. Inordinate affection. That's probably the pornography. Evil concupiscence. Covetousness. Which is idolatry. For its sake, Things sake, the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience, in which you also walked in some time when you lived in them, but now put off all these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. You'd have to have help to misunderstand these things. Somebody had to come along and say, well, I'm going to tell you what, anger, this is not really anger. You're just, you're just, uh, you're just you have righteous indignation. You can get angry all you want to, but just, you know, just make sure it's good anger. Well, he's, he's talking about wrath, anger and wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication on your mouth. Why do, we don't need to have that explained to us, do we? What is it about Jesus that we can't understand? Does he ask us too much? Does he ask too much for our time, of our time, too much of our resources, too much of our devotion, too much sacrifice of worldly pleasure? What is it that we don't understand in the scriptures about Jesus? Perhaps we think that, that there are some difficult and thorny issues which separate us from one another. There probably are. We're pro- we probably have differences on different subjects. But as long as we keep the word of God open and we look at it and we make sure that we define everything that we believe by Jesus Christ and by the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can come to an agreement with anyone and everyone on what the Bible teaches and what we believe. We don't have to be separated from one another. It, sometimes it is difficult, obviously. It's difficult for us to resolve some of these, these questions. We want to know. But we resolve them by what the Scriptures say because that's God's definition of where we're going and what we're supposed to be doing. And by Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we appeal to him for our information and for our definition. So let me leave this with you this morning. Be not 
unwise, but understanding what is the will of God. Ephesians 5.17, be not unwise, understand the will of God. Let's stand and sing our song of invitation.